0: welcome back to weebs and weights today we have jackson Pios, phd clinical and sports nutrition and an absolute top-notch weeb welcome
1: welcome welcome oh, thank you man very happy to be here it's it's not often that I, I really look forward to coming on podcasts but i must say that uh we've been trying to set this up for a while and uh
0: and i had to make it happen for sure no i mean well you guys didn't get to see the behind the scenes behind this. We've taken about a half hour of the time that we were gonna use just trying to connect to Zoom. So respect that hustle, just, please. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but all right, so let's just get let's go right into it. Let's get into your background and stuff like that. You know, I mean, getting into everyone's journey, getting into whether it's training, nutrition, stuff like that is completely different. So, like, why did you choose nutrition? How did you get there? You know, like where did that come from? Yeah,
1: so very early on, as early on as I can remember, I loved training and I loved competing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And basically when you're young, that's just sport. Um, So I played a a variety of sports um, very early on, Um, Australian rules, football, rowing, um, athletics. uh, And I was, yeah, as soon as I got into those, I I wanted to be the best I possibly could. So to do that, uh, you have to train a hell of a lot. So um, training was, uh ingrown in with in me from a very young age um because i just basically wanted to be really good at, at what i did and i wanted to win um then as I was sort of training for those sports, uh, that was when I sort of got introduced uh, to my first anime, uh, which was <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, just freeware TV. Like that was, like, I didn't know what anime was when I started right. watching it. I just thought it was a really dope cartoon. Um, yep. And so like every day before school, like I would be, up without fail at quarter to seven to, to make sure I didn't miss, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, the one episode that we got per day, um, on free to air TV. And I remember like, it was always funny because, um, before Dragon Ball Z started at 7 a.m., there used to be like these old ladies doing aerobics. It was called Aerobics Oz time. I remember as a kid just being absolutely distraught and so pissed off that I had to sit because I would always be up early. I would always make sure I was up before seven and I would always be pissed just sitting in front of the TV watching these like dumbass ladies do these like aerobics exercises for like 20 minutes until I could finally get Dragon Ball Z on. So um, that was my first introduction to anime. and I was playing sports at the time when I was training, but like not lifting weights. I mm-hmm. didn't really know what weights were, um, but watching Dragon Ball Z, watching Vegeta, Goku, blah, blah, blah. Um, I knew that I liked what muscle looked like, um, from the, I didn't know how exactly you got that. Yeah. Um, because like they are jacked as hell, but they're sort of just running around punching and sparring and, and jumping. Yeah, yeah. And, like they're not doing a whole lot of weightlifting. So I just thought that you just had to train like sports really hard and run and do things. And that's how you get jacked. Right. Right. Uh, my knowledge has advanced a little bit since then. Um, but yeah, so like very early on that seed was planted that I liked what muscle looked like. Um, and then as I sort of got into like my mid teenage years, I started learning, oh, you actually got to lift weights um, and you got to eat sort of certain foods mm-hmm. to, to sort of get that desired outcome. <laughs> like as much as like, yes, you got to eat a lot of food. And like, that's what Goku showed us um, from very, very early on. But it, yeah. it is a little bit more uh, uh, technical than that. Like yeah. there, there does have to be a little bit of selection of what are the sort of foods that we eat and, and the amounts that we eat. Um, but so that sort of got me into the gym um s- sort of around 15 16 um started lifting weights and and the first six months is always like the best when you mm-hmm. start lifting weights because like the results start
0: coming quickly and like every few yeah. weeks you just pbs noticing, like every like, day yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and, and you like
1: and you, you as you like 16 year old you're like man like if I, if I can do this for three years and keep maintaining this progress, like I'm going to look like Vegeta before I'm 19. Like (laughs) it's, it's, it's it's super exciting that, that phase. And like, obviously like the sad part is um, results get harder and harder to get the the deeper and deeper you get into, into your training years. Um, But yeah, so like mid teens, late teens, I was training weights quite regularly. Um, And I was just hungry for more and more progress. Like the progress I got was good, but I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted more. Um, and I wanted to achieve that sort of anime level physique and, and still today, I'm still trying to get there. Um, but to do that, basically, I just started researching a hell of a lot. Like what is the most efficient and optimal way um, that I can be doing things with my training, my diet to basically yeah, optimize the outcomes in sort of physique progression. And um, that sort of introduced me to like science and mm-hmm. research, um, the science of bodybuilding, the science of sort of like building muscle and losing fat. Um, and because like the scientists, like the science is, is um, the best way that we can do things. Um, the scientists go in, they do the studies, they do the research, and they come out with the findings that says, okay, you should have X amount of protein to maximize your gains, or you should be doing X amount of sets per session, and... X amount of sessions per week to get to, mm-hmm. to maximum muscle. So, um, before I was even in university, I was like reading studies and reading science, um, and I was like, I love I love this stuff, um, and that was also what sort of pushed me towards um, what I'm currently doing for work at the moment, which is researcher, exercise scientist, um, nutrition uh, PhD. Uh, so. I was reading learning just trying to basically absorb as much knowledge as i possibly could to make my training and my eating better to be able to get the best results that i possibly could Uh, when i was around uh i would have been 19 that was when i started my exercise science degree um, Mm -hmm. because i already loved research i loved reading about this stuff i i loved reading about how we can progress the body and advance the body um in the most efficient manner possible the most evidence-based manner possible because there is a hell of a lot of just bullshit out there oh There's yeah so much so much information out there um especially with sort of the growth growth of social media and whatnot um and it's easy to get lost but like the if, if you stick to evidence-based and scientific recommendations you know you're golden um so i started my studies as a 19 year old with my three-year undergraduate degree um a lot of like sports science mm-hmm, style mm-hmm. Um, education, uh, which was fine because you're sort of just dipping your toes in at that point. Right. Yeah. Um, but I did quite well with those studies and and my passion for sort of research and nutrition and training only kept growing um, and I wanted to keep pursuing this. So I went into an honors degree after that, which was more specifically on exercise physiology. Like how does the body like work, like mm-hmm. what, like going a little bit more, deeper into the details of like cellular metabolism and physiology and things like that. Um, and that's when I was sort of more introduced to the n- nutrition side of things specifically. Okay. Um, and I got drawn to nutrition very, very quickly because as I was sort of progressing with my studies, I, I I learned that with training, like everyone like can most people, like if they're not a bitch, they can train pretty hard. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that they can push, they can push themselves yeah. in the gym for an hour a day, you know, like yeah. that's not too difficult to do. Um, but where a lot of people lack is, is with the nutrition and and the nutrition is such a more powerful thing in terms of sort of progressing the body, because the nutrition covers what you're doing those other 23 hours of the day where, you, where you're sort of not training, right? Like, yeah. Like training, training alone is, is, is quite easy. for the most part is tick the box for 60 minutes, five, six times a week. And, and, and you're there. Um, that's not too much of an ask, but, um, asking someone to stay disciplined on those other 23 hours that that is um that is a big ask but the reality is that's where sort of the magic happens like if you're able to sort of have those other 23 hours rock solid that's when you're really going to start seeing the body change and and sort of um really maximize um your potential because Mm -hmm. it doesn't like the 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 harsh reality is you can be training like vegeta in 100x gravity for an hour a day six times a week but if you're not feeding properly outside of that, it's almost sort of like a waste of time, right? You're almost shooting yourself in the foot. You're just not going to be able to give your body the nutrients and, um, the resource to be able to sort of build new muscle or to, to build more strength and things like that. So, um, I just basically learned that that nutrition is a more powerful weapon mm-hmm. um, in terms of allowing our, our body to progress. And most people are already training pretty hard. Um, if, if you sort of are motivated, and you know what to do. But nutrition is really like that um, that underrated weapon. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and the value of nutrition is just extremely, extremely underrated still today. Um, so I basically knew like, okay, I want to double down on my nutrition stuff. Um, I did quite well with my physiology um, honors degree. Mm-hmm. So the university um, offered me a scholarship um okay. to complete my my phd with them um and that was sort of phd you get a little bit more freedom to do what you want to do yeah, so yeah. The, the sort of the degrees before it's sort of like this is what you got to learn learn it and make sure you know it because we're going to test you on it but phd you get a little bit more flexibility um so the phd i was like okay i am going hands down on nutrition um and that's what led me to phd specifically in in um sports and clinical nutrition um and my research so a phd degree for those who don't know um goes around three to four years and it's a research degree so you're actually in the lab doing studies um, getting those studies published in sort of high quality journals and basically giving new information to the people and that motivated me a hell of a lot because um a lot of people out there and even like sort of fitness experts they're mm-hmm. not adding anything new all they are is sort of just reading what the scientists do and just packaging it out and, yeah, and, yeah. And sort of communicating it but i was like far out it's, it, it'd be a pretty cool spot to be be that guy that's actually sort of injecting that new information yeah. that stuff that 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 people don't know yet yeah. sort of advanced knowledge as opposed to sort of just taking that knowledge and sort of resharing it and parroting it so um i was like damn i'm sold so phd locked in um i my research um specifically focuses on diet strategies and supplement strategies that we can use to basically optimize body composition. So mm-hmm. what I mean by that is how can we lose fat? I.e. maintain a lean physique while maximizing as much muscle that we can possibly have. Um, and some of the strategies that I've been looking at with my, um, nutrition research has been on something called diet breaks, which is basically just like, um, when you're trying to lose fat, not just, killing yourself with a starvation diet for 12 weeks straight it actually goes in like a cyclical nature yeah yeah we have some dieting periods but then we also have some periods where we sort of like Feed up and recharge your batteries like the equivalent of like having a sensor beam, like, uh, yeah, yeah. again, sort of throughout your diet, where you just sort of freshen yourself up. Okay, I'm ready to go, and then you crush your next block of dieting as opposed to just doing it in non stop, brutal. I love that,
0: and I love that because I don't mean to cut you off, but because like I have, and I don't have just to be clear for everybody, and this is why we haven't put any nutritional information out as a strength and conditioning coach. And going through all the shit to take to get your research to get your to get your certifications all the stuff and the one that I did had like a bunch of boxes to check off that's a whole nother conversation. But Mm -hmm. we're told like if someone comes up to you for nutritional advice, what do you do. We go to the dietitian or we bring them to somebody that actually knows what they're talking about not that we can't give good advice, but we don't have that background right. But like a lot of my friends, and like you know how like when you got a friend and like they're like oh what should I do what should I do and you're just trying to like guide them in the right direction, kind of be a little sharper for them, right? And I'm like, all Mm -hmm. right. I always thought that way because like people are always like they cut they cut they cut they cut and then all of a sudden they gain all their weight back and I'm like, well you haven't given yourself any time to regulate. Like you're gonna have fluctuations, but you gotta lose it, let it maintain, let yourself kind of get to that point where you're in within that little range of weight loss and like that fluctuation you get on day to day and then do it again. So, like, I just feel I'm, you're just giving me a good, like, thumbs up. Like, all right, Nick, I can, hey, you know what? You guys talk, you keep talking. I'm going to go take a break, all right?
1: <laughs> but Sorry, but anyways, continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. Um, I think the problem with a lot of failed fat loss attempts is the approach is just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, telling someone to be unwavering for 70 days straight and being on really low calories and, and suffering, um, like some people who are just fucking hardcore like, Vegeta mindset, they can do it. Um, but the reality is, like a lot of people aren't completely wired that way, right? Um, and they're just not going to be able to sort of live in a hole and eat their chicken and brown rice for twelve weeks straight with, <laughs> with no let up, no breaks, yep. just like foot on the throat the whole entire time. Um, so basically, my goal is to sort of try and um, design some more manageable, like more um, acceptable sort of fat loss approaches where someone goes like, okay, I've only got to like push myself for 21 days straight. Right. And then I sort of take calories up to maintenance and we just chill out a bit. We take a breath and, and sort of we have some productive training and we fill out some muscle glycogen. And we get the body just sort of used to being at this new leaner of physique before we sort of push into our next block of dieting where we sort of move the checkpoint to a little bit lower. Right. Um, and I feel like just having those pauses, um, can be a lot uh, more of a sustainable approach where, um, someone can actually do this for like four five, six dieting blocks. And they get to the end and because they only ever had to sort of really dig for two or three weeks at a time, they get to the end. And then they don't see that massive rapid weight rebound right. and gorging at the end, because I never had to kill them because basically the, the more, the more suffering and the more painful that you make the dieting phase, the more likely that they're going to get to the end and just like, fuck that. And, and, and they just sort of go to the cheeseburger diet right away. And and sort of that, that weight and fat that you lost in 12 weeks is put back on in four weeks after the diet. Right. um, If if you're not careful, whereas I'm seeing, and I I trial this a lot with my clients by having these sort of like, um, like like diet rest periods or like practicing maintenance for, for seven days, sprinkled in throughout the dieting phase, all of a sudden it doesn't look like this massive daunting task where they're just sort of just looking for that end date where they just want to sort of stuff themselves full of food. Yeah. I mean so, you're
0: looking at like you're basically so I mean maybe to make it a little bit of a different approach, right? Like we were talking about training, right? we usually do, I mean, like in college, we would do like four to six week blocks. And then you would have a week or week and a half of like a reload or like a deload or reload, whatever yeah. it is, right? So yeah. it's the same it's, thing, it's, right?
1: Very, very similar. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's and, and measures, we see yeah. we see
1: fantastic results with that with that cyclical nature of of training. So like knowing and and even like you Goku talked about this early on in Dragon Ball Z, like you got to give the body rest. And yeah, and that was potentially one of the reasons why Vegeta struggled to pass him because Vegeta was always like, Go, go, we just go on, kill yeah. ourselves, we train, train, no breaks. Whereas Goku was always he always appreciated the value of sort of taking a step back and letting the body recharge and things like that. And we see great results with having training deloads and things like that. So it's sort of almost surprising when we never considered this to to be a usable tool like the nutrition side of things
0: so what's your what's your i mean i already i can already feel where this is going but the diet fads going on with everybody and everyone's trying to do like keto and all these other things Mm -hmm. and like yes or no let's just leave it that simple like do you even yeah all that stuff i'm not i don't even want i don't want to point fingers at keto people specifically but all of them you know what i mean like like just the diet fads going on the keto the paleo the all that stuff like Thoughts yeah. on that. So,
1: like, basically, like any sort of fad diet is just not can just can't be maintained in the long term. Right. Like, like keto. If you follow it for ten weeks, and you're compliant, you absolutely lose weight and fat. But the problem is, where do you go after that ten weeks? Do you are you willing to say, okay, I'm never going to have a carbohydrate for the rest of my life? Like, am I never going to be able to go on out and have a restaurant meal with my friends or have a slice of birthday cake on my birthday and things like that? Like Hell no, like that's right. just not a sustainable approach. So, I don't advocate approaches like that that sort of restrict complete food groups or um, restrict the macronutrient to zero or, or something like that, because you just can't expect someone to follow that in the long term. With my dieting approach, I design, I, my basically goal is to design approaches that don't take any foods off the table, don't restrict complete macronutrients every food is sort of like, there's no good foods or bad foods, but the key is controlling the portion sizes, right? right. controlling the overall nutrient intake to be able to get the desired goal. And if you do that, um, what basically the end result is someone gets to the end of the diet and they say like, I can kind of live like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm maintaining a fantastic lean physique and I'm not sort of craving these foods because nothing's really being taken off the table. I'm right. not craving carbohydrates because I haven't had them for 12 weeks or things like that. Um, there's just it tends to, the results tend to be way, way better than these fad diets because the fad diets are always extreme. It's always mm-hmm. like you can't have sugar, you can't have bread, something right. like that. Yeah. And, and you take something away from that, what do you think they want to do after the 12-week diet? Is they want to eat a fuckload of it. <laughs> Whereas if you, if, if you take a dieting approach where sort of, you're not sort of restricting anything completely and you can work in some treats as long as the portions are, are controlled and right. you're quantitatively monitoring the intake, you get to the end of the diet and, and no one's craving anything. They're not craving sort of sugar because they had some treats along the way. They're not craving bread. Right, right. They were able to have bread with some poached eggs on toast or something like along their diet, things like that. So um, a lot of the times like, cause um, like, Research doesn't pay really well, but but yeah. coaching does pay. Also, well, that that's sort of my primary source of income. So I work with many clients designing their net nutrition and things like that. Um, and often a very common thing that that I'll say with a startup client is they're like, are, "Are you sure I can be eating this? Like, are you sure <laughs> like I'm allowed to have like some peanut butter on my toast, or like, are you sure I'm able to have a scoop of Nutella like with my oats and, and things like that?" They because like, I, I work in these treats to show them that we can diet and it doesn't need to be all brown rice right. and broccoli and things things like that um, they're almost like sort of blown away and then they start getting results and that the, they start calling me a wizard and things like that and there's i'm not a wizard like i haven't done anything you're a scientist
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you're a scientist <laughs> yeah, well, yeah if they if they don't understand lactose, it don't it's magic you know so <laughs> yeah, exactly right like yeah. and they've been told that they've been told that they can't have sort of honeys and sugars and that they can't have cereal like i love working sugar i'm um, not sugar cereal <laughs> my, my my client programs sprinkle like, on top rice bubbles rice krispies things yeah, like that yeah, um, and, and people like like we can't lose fat on this. I'm like, trust me, like you can, and they start getting results, and they're like, "Whoa, this is this is magical!" Because they've been told that their diet needs to be so painful and boring and brutal. And, and this like is that.
0: And, and this is the issue with I mean, and this is the same thing with training too, right? Like a lot of people they're intimidated by the gym because of. I mean, if someone saw you in the gym, right? And you had your shirt off and you were doing whatever it was in the mirror, like working on a pose or lifting, whatever the hell you were doing, curls, whatever it is, people look at that and they get intimidated and they're like, well, I'll never fucking be there. And they walk out of the gym, right? And that was like, and that's why like weebs and weights... I think every interview i fucking said this to somebody, but like, that's where the idea came from was like, I grew up, we grew up as weeps, We grew up as gamers. We grew up as those people that were told like, Oh yeah, you eat Cheetos and Mountain Dew all day and you sit behind a computer and you don't give a fuck about yourself. And it's like, but that's not the reality. Like, and it's not, mm. you don't need to do crazy shit to be better. And like, mm-hmm. what's the mental, what's the mental like, like with some of your clients now, like I'm assuming a bunch of them have done dieting before. Cause people that chase this kind of like, I need someone to guide me. I need this, this help from somebody professional. Usually they've gone through 15 different other options that didn't work. Right. So like, mm-hmm. I mean, you're already saying like, you're seeing great results and people are like, wow, this is magical. Right. But like, what's the mental like with some of your clients now, are they like getting better in the gym and in life because they're not miserable like oh i have to open up chicken and rice again today for the fifth time you know like what's that like going
1: yeah like it, it, it's crazy man it, it, it's been so so positive and i know it's i know they're not just sort of blowing smoke up my ass when they when they say this because they are they're they're not just ending at a 24-week program they're, they're re-signing up and, and they're coming back and they're, right. they're, like I, i've just in this year i've had clients signing up for 52-week programs like like if you're not don't, if you're doing something shit like they ain't going to be signing up for a 52 week program you know what right, i mean like, right if right you're doing something that's not sustainable they ain't going to be with you for a year um so that shows me that like they're not bullshitting and what i am doing is right and all the time i get i'm getting clients to come to me and say like oh my my previous coach like had me on on 2100 calories and and like um now like i'm losing 2700 calories like how is that happening i'm like because your coach doesn't know what he's doing like yeah that With coaches, a lot of the ones that aren't very educated, they just like starve, 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 starve cut calories, cut calories, like every week it gets harder and harder. Um, and there's no like room for treats and there's no room for rest and things like that. And then basically people end up just breaking and they end up being on like eating rabbit food and, mm-hmm. and being miserable and not having the energy to train and not wanting to be social and things like that. And then they, they come to me and like all of a sudden... All of a sudden they're like blown away because they can live this normal life and they're still getting in great shape and they actually feel good and they're not having to be on these starvation diets. And basically it's just as a coach, like anyone can tell someone to eat really little and right. they will lose fat. But it, it, that, that's, that doesn't mean the process is optimal Right. because you, you push someone too hard, they'll break. And you push someone too hard where the weight's coming off too quickly, they'll lose all their lean mass and mm-hmm. they'll be able to perform in the gym and then they'll be feeling really low quality with energy and it sets up binge eating episodes along the way. So my, my approach is a lot more conservative where someone says like, it, it, like where I'm just telling them, I, was like, I, I have weight loss and, and progress targets week by week and we just monitor them. Yeah. And- if we're going too fast, I add food back in. And people are like, whoa, 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 we're in a fat loss phase. Why are you adding food? And I'm like, because we're going too fast. Right. And I don't want to push you too hard. We're going to snap. Or I only want to be getting the optimal, optimal amount of of progress per week. So we it, we hit our desired goal at the end because I don't want to make it like you don't need to suffer just for the sake of it. It, it, like i i i will make you suffer just just enough so we're getting a, a right amount of progress yeah suffering more than that doesn't make sense to me and they congratulate I mean,
0: because, you with that rest week right like yeah exactly yeah, exactly yeah.
1: so yeah the 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 mental state with a lot of my clients has been hugely positive and That's awesome and this is why i love why i love coaching because um it's it's just so damn fulfilling when you've got someone coming to me you like Thank th- I'm so thankful that I, like I found you and that that we're doing coaching together because I thought that my body was just broken and I thought that I was never going to be able to sort of get in good shape on above 1,200 calories or, and things like that. And they, they just it's just like they have this massive breath of relief. We're like, yep. thank God, like my life doesn't have to be miserable. I can still eat like a normal person and I can maintain the shape that I want to be in.
0: So how have you, um, I don't know if you've gone this deep into the research yet, but have you done this with like performance athletes at all? Like, have you gotten any like pole vaulters, weightlifters, like stuff like that? Because I mean, you look at, I mean, I have a couple questions from weightlifters about basically what we're about to talk about anyways. And, um, I mean, this might just be like the perfect question to throw in here. Let me grab her real quick and we'll go into there. How to balance. Like mass and aesthetics with sport performance, right? And a lot of that goes with the dieting part of it. And I don't know about what the weightlifting scene is like out in Australia, but here there's a really bad habit of people being like, I'm overweight, I'm gonna water cut, or I'm overweight and I'm gonna literally starve myself going into competition. And like, I'm sitting in the background, like in a gym, like, your coach is letting you do this. Like you've put all these months and years into training to go to this meet to perform at your best, just go up a weight class and like not be as potential to podium. Like why would you put yourself in a position to possibly injure yourself on the platform because you're malnutritioned, your body's starting to eat away at itself. Like, and like I'm sitting in the corner, like not saying anything cause it's not my place. You know what I mean, and like trying to like tell like choral my friends and be like, hey, like this is the how you should be doing this. Don't like let people force you in a direction, you know. Um, So, what do you got? Well, have you seen results with like performance athletes and stuff like that, like high level guys and, and women?
1: Yeah, so we we got like well, I'll split into two parts. So yeah, um, with the diet break stuff, with the diet rest stuff that we were talking about. I actually have ran a study with 60 resistance-trained athletes. So nice. they have to be at least performing three weight training sessions per week for at least the six, last six months to even okay. be eligible to come in the study. And we had a mix of like weightlifters, powerlifters, boxers, things like that. We nice. Had a pretty big max, mixed bag. And like some of the athletes are actually really high-quality athletes, like competitors and things like that. Um, so that study is going to be published sort of, I hope, in the next sort of couple of months. Awesome, awesome sort of that's a massive paper, which basically goes like to town on like, how can we use these diet breaks? What are the benefits? What are the costs and things like that? Secondly, with um, like, we do have a good powerlifting scene. In Australia, for sure. Um, and I, I, I'm friends with a, a lot of really well-known um, powerlifting coaches. But I also know of a whole lot of shit powerlifting coaches. And the shit powerlifting coaches, they put a lot of emphasis on what's happening in the last week when it comes to sort of manipulating sort of food and water. Mm-hmm. Um, you've already, like, if your mind is is on what what's happening in that last week, you've already, like, you've already got your priorities out of whack. Um, like, the good powerlifting coaches, like, they're not worrying about sort of what the weight change is going to be happening in the last week because they will already have you within touching distance right. of your your um, your weight category two weeks out, one weeks out sort of thing if your nutrition is in check. Like the good powerlifting coaches, they have a nutrition protocol in place from 12 weeks out, you know what I mean? And, yep. and then yep. they will say, okay, well, this is how much fat we want to lose within 12 weeks. And like they'll have the calculator. If they want to manipulate water, they'll have it calculated, but not a stupid amount like where someone's having to go into sort of Sauna for the, the day before, or something like that. Yeah. It'll just be a small amount where it's unlikely to sort of affect performance, and we can actually have enough time to rehydrate and be good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the good coaches, they, they have their nutrition in place for 12, 11, 10 weeks out. Right, right, right. So there's not a big gap once you get one week out. You know what I mean? You're almost already there. Right. Um, whereas a lot of powerlifters, they put too much focus on the training, and like I'm just gonna fucking crush my training for the for the the 12 week blocks or the, the couple of blocks leading into the meet. Um, and that's great, but if even if you've like even by training like an absolute animal and putting all your eggs in the training bag, and let's say you like improved your performance over those p- blocks by like 10 or 15 percent, if you fuck up your water cut and if you have to be underfed for like two days leading into your meet um just so you can make weight, you'll lose 20, 25% of your performance, like without a doubt. So yep. what the what the hell is the point of that? What's the point of like just going 100 percent on on your training and, and sort of being like, oh, we don't need to worry about the nutrition right now. We just we just sort it out in, in
0: the This the, is what? every comp though. Like and why? Mm. I don't know where did this where did this culture come from, bro? Like I don't understand I, yeah. like is it an old school way of thinking still? Is that what it is? And like I think maybe like like even in boxing, because so, I'm a boxer as well. Um, right.
1: There is like like this unwritten rule that you need to be like wearing like the garbage bags on on the, yeah. on the treadmill before you fight and like sitting in the sauna and suffering for like three hours and like I don't know if it, it's like like the bros like, fuck yeah, like we suffer like one week out, we sweat it out like yeah, and yeah. maybe get like props from the homies or or maybe it was just the culture of like Muhammad Ali did it or mm-hmm. ex-boxer did it and he was a great champ. So right. maybe that's the best way to do it. Now, like that's that's a poor line of thinking because I can easily just say, well, like he was that good by doing some shit as well. Imagine how good he would be if he like had an optimized sort of approach too, like he would be even fucking better. You oh, know man. What I mean? So yep. just because someone's good doesn't mean they can't be better. Right, you know what yeah. I mean? So we, don't, we, don't, we shouldn't look at the good powerlifters and be like, oh, that, that guy, he had a, a strong total and, and he was in the sauna the last couple of days. Like, like he could have put 10, 15, 20 kilos in his total, if it, even more, like 10, 15, 20 on each lift right. um, if, he just, if he just had his things sorted out. So yeah, I'm not exactly sure where it come from. Perhaps just making that sort of incorrect link that the good guys are therefore doing everything right that's not necessarily the case um or just like this appreciation or like this value on like be hardcore as fuck and then you're like a badass (laughs) you know (laughs) what I mean like yeah like suffering like is respected by some people like it's like pain is good like nah, like not necessarily like some pain is gonna have to come along the way but something that hurts more doesn't necessarily mean it's better. You know what right. I mean? Right, so yeah. Like, just because you're suffering like crazy in your week before meet doesn't mean you're doing things better from some, than someone who's like cruising in because they had their nutrition in check for the 10 weeks leading in and they just cruised into their meat happy days and didn't have to make too many manipulations within right. two weeks out.
0: Yeah. And then you got the other side of the people where they're just like, get as fat as possible as so you can, because mass moves mass, right? Remember, remember that yeah. whole... Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not even gonna... That's just... We'll leave that one where it is, all right? <laughs> yeah. But, um, so we went into this a little bit, right? Like, anime, the connection to your motivation and your drive and stuff like that. Like, we talked about how, like, you saw Goku, you like, the DBZ would wake up early, get into it. That kind of drove you a little bit, right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. it still motivates you or else we wouldn't be having this conversation, <laughs> okay? So how is that still driving you? Like, what are you using now? Like, what anime is you watching? What's going on with that? Like, I know I see you, I mean, you post... Something different every day. Promise Neverlands going on. You got what were you watching the other day that I saw? Were you watching Attack on Titan?
1: Yeah, I just you, started. Oh, you just started so, it? I, I guess so, I get so much hate from the anime oh community. My God. Like, yeah, you're not up to date. Like, it's <laughs> so fucking good. You suck. Like, yeah. you're not a fan. I'm like, dude. Like, I have a, I don't have much time. Like, I'd love to watch fucking 15 episodes of anime a day, but like, with the amount of work and stuff that's going on, like, I just don't. I'm not don't have the time to be able to watch as much as I as I want to. Yeah. But yes. I've finally um, started it to the dismay of the anime community that I'm not sort of up to date with season five, getting episode each week, but yes, I, I am there. Um, now, where I'm at with anime at the moment, um, like, the the anime that really just sort of ripped my fucking brain apart was Naruto. Um, yeah. Like, that's, that is hands down, like, my my favourite anime by a long shot. Like, that's... I, I just found extreme connection with a lot of the characters mm-hmm. and a lot of the messages in there resonated with me like like you would not believe it it felt like this story was like written for me like yeah, to, yeah and I, I I have no qualms in saying that like watching that and Shapood and like has made me a better person um like I am a um very like I can I can get emotional at times and like whether it's angry, like disappointed, frustrated. Um, but like that emotion also like helps me a lot with my training because like I can turn it on when it's like time to go and even in right. my boxing, like when it's time to throw down, like I can throw down and, and not take a back step. Right. Um, but it can also like, you can let your emotions control you. And that's why I love the, the symbolism of, of Naruto so much with having like that in, inner demon, Kurama, like within mm-hmm. him. Early on in in the storyline, he basically sort of let Kurama, like control him. You know what I mean? Like the the fox ran wild and, yeah, yeah. and destru- destroyed shit because he wasn't able. He let his emotions run and um, he wasn't able to control it. But as sort of the story progresses, um, he learns to control those emotions and basically like where he becomes a friend of kurama they have that sort of relationship and he actually finds a way to to use that power and that emotion to sort of make him stronger and actually use it to his advantage but also like always stay in control of it so that was like a massive message and like shit like i and that was the reason why i have that tattoo here yeah i was gonna and ask you to show him
0: soon anyway so this is perfect with, oh, with yeah. the demon like yeah. that is a, a massive reminder
1: to me just to like when you are feeling emotional and frustrated and like you can feel your anger boiling over just sort of check yourself and remember it is it is just a temporary thing and you can control it but in the same time like know like at the right times when to use that emotion like when you're training and when you really need to sort of go to that really place where you need to actually like push yourself hard and go yep. through the pain so Flipped the switch that was a massive message for me yeah yep. um rock lee was also like massive um yep, and-
0: show it here we go yeah oh yeah baby
1: so this is um, Ganbet, the Japanese kanji, which basically means like pushing on despite all odds, um, and like Rockley is just like the embodiment of that for me. Is like um, the guy who didn't have talent, like wasn't a genius, like didn't have ninjutsu, but was just like fuck it, like I don't care, like I'll just work harder than all you motherfuckers anyway, yep. and I'll get as good as you. Like I think that is a freaking good message because with nutrition and fitness and like bodybuilding and powerlifting and sports like genetics plays a hell of a role. Like, yes. it, like it is a massive, massive factor. Um, but hard work is a massive factor too. Um, and not everyone's going to be gifted. Not everyone's going to have the genetics, but, if you can adopt that Rockley mindset and just say, fuck it, okay, I don't have the gifts, I don't have the genetics, but I'll just work harder than the people with the gifts and the genetics, then you can put yourself right up there with them. Right. Um, and I think that is a message that a lot of people um, can take away. So, um, yeah, no, Naruto, like, that I, I could go on all day about the messages, um, Naruto. Like, my next piece is gonna be Jiraiya um, because there's oh, like, yeah. arc just ripped my fucking brains out of my yeah, sockets i'm right it, there like, with you on
0: that one yeah
1: like I, when i was watching like early on in Naruto and like they introduced and he's like the perv and <laughs> doesn't really take anything seriously and sort of like everything's a joke and that's knockoff yeah yeah, yeah 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 i didn't i didn't care for him honestly like i i like had no connection or feeling with him and then they sort of went into his backstory in the lead up to the pain arc
0: dude the pain fight just,
1: oh you just hear, you just basically learn his backstory and like how much he gave up for everyone else and how like self sacrificial he was and sort of like turning down Hokage because he just wanted to do more for the village and he thought that, like he, he didn't want any sort of recognition or, or props or mm-hmm. he just wanted to do things behind the scenes. He didn't want credit for anything and like he was willing to just go and like fucking die for, for everyone. Like he, he didn't care and like he is like the he's the embodiment of putting other people before yourself and and like watching that sort of his transformation over that sort of 50 episodes like left me like just like stunned like I was just like well like so
0: yeah
1: he's he's got to be my next piece because um, yeah that was just amazing so yeah Naruto's just nailed me from <laughs> all different directions yeah. all different directions all the fields yeah yeah I just, yeah all the fields yeah um, it's made me better training it's made me a better person where i'm not sort of getting so frustrated and, mm-hmm. and sort of losing my cool um it's motivated me to sort of work way harder with not only my work um and my training um but just everything that i do and, and sort of not being satisfied with the amount of work that you're doing just like being like a rockley or a mic guy i'm like enough's not enough like, yep. and if i can't do something i'll do something else to make myself better in that and right like just a, a relentless pursuit of getting better in everything that you can do through just like relentless work ethic. In yeah, fact. yeah. So Naruto is 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 my is my top tier um, anime. Um, other things that I've loved, um, my hero was awesome. Um, Hanging for the next season of that. Um, I loved the like Bakugo is like my my favorite character. Um, he's in that, in, yeah in, that show. in modern I anime.
0: Like, yeah, he's just. I mean, I don't know. Something, like I said, like, bo- like that whole... Sh- I don't know how to explain, like, you're putting everything in words that I haven't been able to do for years, so thank you for being here. Uh, because, like, cause even with, like, like you said, with, like, My Hero, like, just something about the, again, not having anything, but was willing to mm-hmm. run out there and to save Bakugo from the slime guy and like, get in there and still smile just to give him hope to be like yeah, yeah. this. He's like, and he's looking at him. He's like this fucking nerd's trying to save me. And I have powers. He's got nothing. He threw a backpack yeah, yeah. at the guy. You know what I mean? Like that's just <laughs> like that to me is just like that right there was like hundred percent top five anime right from that one yeah. scene. That was like episode yeah. two. I don't even know what episode that was like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, but continue. Yeah. You're making yeah, this easier. I'm just going to sit back here and let you talk. This is great. <laughs> let it go, man. No, nah, um, my my
1: hero was was an awesome one for me. Um, that that sort of arc with actually that one scene with like Midoriya, where oh, who's who's the girl with the quirk that can like reverse things? Um, the small the small girl with like the blonde hair. Um, uh, her quirk um, like turns things back so she can like remove people's quirks and that sh- the girl that they're using to make the injection that can Oh with those oh oh what's her name? With um, the horn
0: um yeah I'm about to google it yeah we need we need this name we need the information <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh
1: Ari. Harry, that's Harry, right. yep. so like that that scene like in the slow motion where like midori is, like grabbed her and there's like the slow music and like he's just like just fully fucking thrown down like reaches like max power that was one of the best like anime scenes i've seen in a while i was just left there like this is <laughs> sick like goosebumps like head to toe like i i freaking love that scene. and the second he um,
0: realized what was going on he was like i can open up let's go and yes, like just taking yes, the pain yes, yes. and like just letting it happen just off, oh. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, like screaming with the screen, like, yes! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> finally, you're like standing <laughs> up, like shadow boxing with him, like, Yeah, yeah, yeah man, 100%. Yeah. I, like,
1: that's what I love about the shonen, like, um, animes is like because you're just backing in these like underdogs for so long as like the story builds, and then yeah. when they finally sort of like tap into that potential, it's just like, Yeah, yes, yeah, <laughs> um. Demon Slayer was awesome. Probably not as much, like, feels from that, but it's still, like, early on, like, so it'd be interesting to see how that develops, like, obviously hanging for the for the movie. I watched... Soon. I'm, like...
0: Yeah. It's coming soon. I watched,
1: I watched a dub version, like, in pretty low quality, but... Um, the translation wasn't quite right okay okay so like the de- they were calling demons like ghosts and stuff like that so i was like i'm you know, not sure who was in charge <laughs> of translation yeah you know, and i
0: couldn't really follow it I got it was like, like you or me through. made it or something yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah but like um i am so keen to see like the hashira in like in work because like yes sir they basically left us with like all these fucking like badass characters and like you know they are so op but you haven't really seen them like apart from tomioka you haven't really seen them like sort of doing the dirty and like they i am so hanging to like see them just like really freaking like throw down um against just 12 kazuki or or whatever so that's going to be a cool show um other shows Um, I watched Tokyo Ghoul like the first couple episodes of that was sick and then it just turned flat on its ass and I was devastated okay um I love the start and like the 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 build-up but then with with Kaneki and then like he finally sort of like taps in and goes ham and like that that end of season like where he just fucks that guy up and goes nuts. like that was awesome and I thought that show was gonna be epic and then it gets to like season three and you're like it just felt like
0: someone... like A lot why, of fillers. I, I was yeah. just like,
1: left, like why, why did they decide to write this? Um, mm-hmm.
0: I was weirded out as that. I it felt like they tried to that. go like in a Death Note direction, even though they already started yeah. it as like an action yeah. anime. Yeah. And it was, was like, like... I was like,
1: your your recipe was so good. Like, it was working so well. Like, why why flip the mold? Um, another one anime that I'm watching at the moment, like 100 episodes in is Hunter x Hunter. That is a pretty okay. badass show. I'm not going to lie. I, I enjoyed that. Um, it's like sort of gone is like this like the goku style character like sort of jokes around a bit and a little bit soft but also like very like straight edge like yeah, hard worker yeah. sort of thing where you've got like kalua who's sort of like the badass And like, he's dealing with some shit but he's like mm. fucking super powerful he's just he's just he's got that nasty side to him um i i freaking froth kalua like he's he's one of my favorite characters one thing I, one complaint i will have um about hunter is like leading up to the phantom troop arc that was that shit was dope yeah i i love that when um they had like the Zoldarks fighting um krolo and like the the basically like when they had um uh what's the dude's name with the
0: chains um oh um the eyeball kid oh one yeah one that looks like the chick but it's a dude oh um, my god everyone's gonna roast us in the comments guaranteed (laughs) Uh.
1: (laughs) these guys are true fans
0: you guys well, have well, the a podcast is, about the, anime.
1: The, the thing is, I haven't seen I haven't seen him in like fucking sixty episodes because they, they just left him after the Phantom. Trooper. Um,
0: Kurapika, Kurapika, yeah, Kurapika, that's right. that's right. Yep. That's right. Um, well, he disappeared. He literally disappears for like a season and a half. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that,
1: that's where I'm at, at the moment. Like that whole like Kurapika uh, with like the Phantom Troop and Crawler and Hisoka doing the dirty behind the scenes, like that shit. Like I was so hooked in at that, and then they sort of just go into like the Greed Island and like. Mm -hmm. Chimera ant arc, and it was like so much unfinished business left. Like, and I I haven't seen the whole show yet, and so I'm hoping they pick that stuff up later on. Um, but it's sort of like, yeah, like the ants, like, is like it's not as good. Like, I I felt like if they just kept following on the Phantom True arc, that would have been sick. Um, I feel like there's still so much unfinished business with that, and now like, yeah. it's just gone on like a, a 60 episode streak on like sort of a, another side story. So zero well, goes, but overall, big fan of 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 Hunter, that's for sure. Um, And watching like Gone and Kalua's development um, has been fr- pretty freaking. That's sick,
0: big, um, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's yeah. a that's a kind of like a Naruto Sasuke thing going on there too. Yeah, yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, like yeah. a lower level, like a low key level yeah, there. That, that, yeah. That's a good
1: way to say it because like,
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: Sasuke, Sasuke and Kalua are actually, like, very Pretty, they
0: got that edgy bad yeah, boy yeah, that yeah. everyone loved in high school kind of thing going on, <laughs> you
1: know? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What else I'm watching? Promise Neverland watched. Like, that was one that surprised me. Um, that was, like, a friend who just told me to watch that. I haven't
0: seen a single um, episode of that yet. You haven't watched it? I haven't watched it. it and Ashley gives me shit all the time for that one. Right. If, if you read, like, the bio or, like,
1: the intro to it, you'd be like, eh, nah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, I would be if, I, but like, the only reason I watched it someone's like, "Watch this," and I watched it, and like, every episode le- leaves you on like a cliffhanger. We're like, "No!" Like,
0: yeah. come on! <laughs> like,
1: like, and it's 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 not re- like I wouldn't call it an action anime, um, but the storyline hooks you, man. Yeah. Hooks you hard. Um, and now like with season two, like it's really like opening up, and okay, up, and like I am i'm watching that that one week by week as it comes out um so highly recommend that um probably can't say too much with giveaway spoilers but
0: yeah that's all right i mean um, welcome um, i get yelled at all the time but yeah. here we are <laughs> you know yeah.
1: um aot has been sick so far um people where are you at, are at right now like, you, you haven't seen shoot like uh episode eight so like oh you're wait, super early Shit off, but like man it it, it like bang and it goes like right away. Like <laughs> never stops. Char- characters that I thought were gonna be like in there for the for fifty episodes just being getting like knocked off left, yep. right, and center. You're like, holy fucking shit, like it's like yep. a game of thrones sort of shit. You just like so I, I was that, reading
0: I... it when before they started the anime, right? So I was like, All right, let me get into it, let me like whatever, right? And there was a part you'll get there eventually, but there's a part of it that gets like super political. And I and I stopped reading it. And my friends were like, just watch the anime, get past it, let it happen you'll fall in love with it again, right? And the show cut all of it out into like two episodes. So it literally was just like, Uh, boom, boom, back into Attack on Titan. And I was just like, I stopped reading? And I got pissed (laughs) off at myself. I was like, why did I stop? Like, it's one of those. So just dig into it. It's so good, man. So good. Um, All right, let's uh, let's just go right into fan questions, though. Let's just get, yeah, get some of that going because we got a bunch. We got a couple here. um. So training, training nutrition stuff. Let's get into some of those and then we'll go back into the fun anime stuff in a second because yep. we could have kept going for hours if we didn't stop oh, yeah. there in a second. Uh, thoughts on static versus progressing RIR during a mezzo? People are asking.
1: I... So for those who don't know, RIR means repetitions in reserve. Yep. It's like a measure of how hard your sets are. Um, so an RIR of one would mean you had one rep left on the tank. Zero would mean you went to failure. Or no, sorry, zero would mean you did as many reps as you possibly could. You wouldn't be able to do another um, and so on. So um, I am a fan of progressing RIR um, as I go through. Um, so at the start of my training block, most of my exercises will be done with like an rr of like four to five Mm -hmm. and then sort of as i progress through the weeks um that rr will decrease so the sets are getting harder um, and loads and reps will progress um, as a byproduct of that um so that by sort of the the last week before my deload i'm taking sets to sort of an rr of zero or, or even failure
0: what are your um what are your like uh, training blocks like week wise? Are you doing four weeks, six week cycles? What do you do six change? to eight? Six to eight. Six okay, to you eight. do a little bit longer. Um, it, okay. Like
1: uh, six if like I get six. I'm like, I had enough of this block. Um eight if like I feel like I'm in good momentum and like still making really solid progress.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um and for those of you that don't really understand IRR yet, um, it's kind of like it's an auto-regulatory thing. So people try to talk about it like it's an RPE, but it's like RPE in reverse because rpe like people are like oh 10 is the hardest thing you're ever going to do right mm. um i i personally like rir better when i got introduced to that i was like this fucking actually makes sense like rpe yeah. it's, more is easy, so it's easier
1: for people to grasp it like, is
0: because it's so hard yeah. for people to understand like what is rpe six and seven like what's the difference yeah, yeah. it's like okay well reps and reserve is like all right could you do two that's a two yeah. congratulations like you know like so <laughs> um thoughts on finishing buys and tries with a drop set is good or could the volume fatigue be spent better and i think this is is very specific on like what your goals are at the point like if you're trying to balance out buys and tries for a show or something like that like there might be you know but continue yeah
1: I, i assume he's just talking about sort of um maximizing hypertrophy in the in the arms um if it's your last exercise um or last movement for the session um then like the increasing fatigue is not really going to be an issue because it's not going to impact like the rest of your workouts. I generally don't um, recommend like intensification techniques or like drop sets or failure sets like early on in the workout, Mm -hmm. because it's going to mean that your sort of training quality and and, um, how much productive training you can get in follow-up sets is going to be like decreased substantially Um, to test this. All you need to do is, is sort of, do a set of chin-ups to failure and count the reps there and then see like how many reps you can get on subsequent sets. They'll come down by 40 to 50% right, um, right, by right. like set three. Um, whereas if you just kept like with an RIR two, mm-hmm. over three or four sets, you'd be able to do way more total reps and volume. Um, so drop sets, yeah, don't recommend them early on. Um, but as a last movement, as like an intensifier, um uh they i think they can be used i don't use them all the time but but they are used sparingly but usually yeah right at the end of the workout where that volume i'm sorry that fatigue that's going to build up isn't going to is impact. it going to
0: affect the rest, rest of your training sessions yeah okay um so this comes from somebody that was sick for a little bit and i guess he lost six or seven kilos of mass um i don't know if it was lean mass whatever but um tips on gaining back lost muscle after an illness and i think this was a perfect question for you considering the nutritional background and the coaching background for training because that's i think goes very well together with coming out of an illness so yeah
1: yeah like you really don't need to change too much like like only a few weeks ago i got a very um bad intestinal um virus which i lost uh, just under six kilos as well. Um, space of like, space of like 10 days, um, basically food was just going through me, obviously couldn't train. Um, so that stuff like is going to happen every now and again. Um, but things to consider is like muscle memory is very powerful. Um, so it's only going to take you a few weeks of getting your eating back on the regimen, getting your training back on the regimen, um, to put, any potential sort of actual skeletal tissue that you've lost back on. Um, And secondly, like the five or six kilos on the scale can be very daunting. um, But depending on sort of what sort of bug that you have, um, it's extremely likely that a large amount of that weight is just going to be fluid um, Mm -hmm. and potentially sort of, food residue because you haven't been eating as much because your appetite is lost as a result right, right. so i wouldn't stress it too much i'll just wait until you feel good at least 95 percent, and then get back to business and you'll notice that three or four weeks of doing your stuff again and, and you'll be back to where you were i wouldn't i certainly wouldn't advise sort of like i know some people do like gorging on food like yeah yeah for the first week to try and put the whole <laughs> weight back on like it's just stupid yeah, yeah.
0: well that's the same there's the same like things where you even you and i think rp was talking about during uh holidays right like how many people just let it go and then they never lose it right it's the same idea yeah yep, for that completely. too so um biggest misconception with most athletes that they have with nutrition
1: that's a really good question yeah uh i i don't know the top biggest one so i'll just say some big ones um that you need to restrict carbohydrates to lose fat that's a really common misconception um that's you need to restrict sugar, dairy, or gluten to lose weight and fat effectively. Obviously not true, both of those not true. Um, and if you don't think it's true, come coach with me and I'll show you that it's true, um, <laughs> again, <laughs> plug. And then thirdly, um, that cheat days are effective. Um, I've never really seen them being used um, effectively and um like i am a fan of using refeeds and diet breaks selectively but they're still controlled right um like yes it's eating more food than you're eating during your dieting periods but it's not a free-for-all right i what i often see with people who use cheat days like a full-blown just free-for-all day um it sets up a very very poor relationship with eating um by Monday afternoon, after a Sunday cheat day, they're already planning out what they're gonna be eating on that next cheat day. Um, Their food focus just goes up significantly. Um, Post diet, one cheat day, it starts being a few cheat days. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if you really, if you, so someone like me who can, if I can put away a bit of food, if you're sort of not controlling anything, <laughs> um, you have the potential to wipe out a whole week's worth of like calorie deficit or fat loss. In like an in, hour.
0: Yeah, in a yeah. few hours. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And that, uh, I'm not exaggerating um, with that. So, yeah, I'd say they're probably some of the biggest misconceptions.
0: Yeah, I think yeah. it hit those pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, one more of these, and then we'll go to the anime stuff. Top tips for mm-hmm. beginners to take control slash advanced nutrition performance. Because, I mean, everyone looks into it, right? And they look into, like, and they see the, you know, calories in, calories out, basic thing, and, like, stuff like that. And, like, those are things that a lot of people preach. But... So what do you got for beginners to take control? Because a lot of people are afraid of, and I've gotten questions on this too, like I don't want to overthink of like what I need to put on my plate and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, well, talk mm. to Jackson. He has the answer, mm. you know?
1: Yeah. Um, for beginners, I think a key thing is understanding sort of the – macro and calorie, um, content of various foods, because at me as a beginner, I didn't really know that. Um, and that probably made me spin my wheels. Yeah, um, yeah for, for sure. Farewell. Um, so I'm not advocating as a beginner to be like tracking every day, every meal, whatnot for an extended period of time. Um, but I certainly recommend a phase initially where you sort of, um, just educate yourself with what 150 grams of chicken breast looks like on a plate and what the calorie content of that is um, and what sort of 50 grams of carbohydrates from rice would look like or, or 20 grams of fat from from peanut butter or something like that so mm-hmm. um, at least when you're sort of planning your meals you can roughly have a ballpark um, because there's going to be times where if, if you want to be serious about your nutrition you're just going to have to track if you want sort of to maximize your results right um, but I don't sort of recommend that for someone right at right at the beginning mm-hmm. um but in the same vein um you got to have some understanding otherwise you could be under eating you could be un- overeating because you have no appreciation of, of calorie intake calorie content of different foods um and things like that so um download yourself My myfitnesspal um and just Play around with tracking some of your foods for like a couple of weeks. Weigh it on a scale. You can use the barcode scanner, things like that, um, and start to sort of see, okay, how much do I, do I re- usually sort of eat, consume in a day? Uh, if you average it out over the week and maybe you might look at, okay, I'm consuming around 3,000 calories a day, 200 protein, 300 grams of carbs, whatever. And then you can say, okay, well, what are my goals right now as a beginner? Um, as a beginner, most likely your goals are going to be to add muscle mass. Um, that was, that's generally 85% of the time for beginners getting in the gym, That the initial goal is to um, add muscle mass. So to be adding muscle mass, you need to be adding a little bit of weight on the scale each week. Um, so weigh yourself a few times a week, write that down in the journal. Do it for a week two, Wait, do a few weigh-ins during the week take that, compare the averages from week one to week two. If your weight is moving up somewhere around 0.2 to 0.4% of your body weight per week, we're getting a little bit technical. So let's say a couple of hundred grams, <laughs> two, 300 grams, um, then you're probably golden. Okay. If you're gaining a kilo on the scale between weeks, um, that 3000 calories is probably a little bit too much from, for you. So then you just tweak your portions a little bit so that like two scoops of rice you normally have maybe go one and a half or one. Um, likewise if you're trying to gain muscle and you notice your weight stays the same week to week, then maybe you need to add an extra scoop of rice to, to your normal meal or increase a couple of those carb portions. So general, that's, that's not super technical. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a hell of a lot better than than what I was doing when I first started as a beginner. Um, right. And it, it's going to deliver a hell of a lot more practice, uh, progress than sort of having no quantitative guidance of, of your intake or having no sort of appreciation of what's going in on a daily basis
0: right right right. all right the fun ones you ready Oh yeah. in versus og naruto Shippuden, in hands down i agree we're gonna move on best villain from dbz
1: <laughs> i'm going to say perfect cell i liked him wow a lot.
0: i did not yeah. expect that answer okay i
1: i i the reason i got drawn to him is like he just was extremely intelligent and extremely well spoken freezer was too but he also started to lose the plot a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. sort of by the end but <laughs> i thought Cell was just this badass character that was like super freaking alpha like very well spoken very, very
0: intelligent Yep. this is my purpose and I'm going to do it. Like that's literally yeah, what's his yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah Mine's yeah. Red Ribbon Army, which I guess is technically still sell. Cause that comes from, I started with Dragon Ball. So I didn't start with DBZ, right? So yeah, for okay, me, yeah. Red Ribbon was like, these guys are going to fuck the planet up. Like this is their, that's their <laughs> job, right? And then yeah, yeah. little do we know, DBZ comes around 16, 17, 18 are in there, sells a product of them. And I'm just like, they're back. The fuckers are back. They just they can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of them. <laughs> so <laughs> that's mine that's mine um nice. this is a tough one favorite anime wow. character i have a feeling you're gonna go with naruto so
1: yeah i like he is my favorite i have to say it like and people's like oh like boring like that's what everyone says but like i'd be i'd be lying if i said there was any other character that that, that was my favorite um one who uh, is high up on the list. um That's probably less of kawani's future trunks from DBZ. Okay, he's, I'm a big fan of him.
0: He's a bad. He really... was sort of
1: like the. He was the dream physique. That yeah, yeah, he's going like SSJ2. Okay, but, like trying to get SSJ2, and he's getting like huge. huge like that was badass. Yeah,
0: I th- I there, really hope they do, do like a, a spin-off of that, like. A really, like, a good, like, this is what actually happened. Goku did die. Let's watch that whole series happen. Like, I want to see that, you know? I hope they do that. Um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Favorite anime character for me? I don't have an answer. I really don't. Especially with all the new ones. Like, Deku was my favorite for a couple of weeks. And then... Friggin' Nass switched over to All Might and then All Might pissed me off and I went back to Deku and then Deku went from that to Gohan because Gohan was my favorite for the longest time
1: until he decided oh, to he go. I was a massive fan of Gohan until he became a little bitch. Yep. Yeah.
0: That was basically where it ended. But um if yeah. I had to pick and still be old school Gohan, especially like Cell yeah. series, oh hands down best,
1: best when he like he's like, I'm not gonna take it anymore, and he yep. just like loses it. That
0: is that is class anime. Yeah, and then Piccolo's really closely after that one. Yeah, after that one. Um, outside of Naruto who's the waifu that's literally the phrase of the question by the way I didn't make that up
1: Um, they know because Tsunade and Hanada are my my waifus (laughs) 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 Um, I would say um, Nezuko is pretty hot I don't mind her she's like got the cute factor going so like a little hanada also a demon so we gotta remember that
0: um a little freaky side you know
1: who is uh, she is a. there's a girl with a massive tits um in my <laughs> hero that i really like i'm forgetting her name um, sad that i forget her name that her quirk is she can um she basically like pulls things out of her tits basically
0: oh um, yeah yeah yeah. the super smart kind girl. A
1: weird name um uh we're,
0: no, doing we're, ro- we're doing it again. We're doing it again. We're getting roasted. rolled. Yeah. 100%. Um It's like Yao y-
1: yeah, Yoruozu? Yeah yeah. That- yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 Yeah. Momo
1: yeah. She she's dope. She was like when she first came on the scene like in her like hero outfit. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like, Check that links. You know who you know who is a waifu? Um Toga is it toga yes toga from my hero she is dope
0: toga that's the one with the hat right and like the tight black thing she, from the other school she she likes no no, no.
1: she's um she's evil and she oh, takes the blood oh
0: yes yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She, i'm cutting I, me not knowing that out her. by the way
1: i write i write her hard
0: i can 100% get behind that yeah. she is sick yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% yeah. get behind that um biggest fitness influence for anime Biggest fitness influent,
1: influencing anime? Is
0: influence, influence from anime, like individual characters. I think we kind of okay. touched this a little bit earlier. Oh, uh, like
1: it would have to be Vegeta. I yeah. Think. Um, like, if you if you can, I think a lot of people would be better athletes and have better physiques if they adopted more of like a Vegeta like mindset with their training. Yeah. A lot of people would just like call it quits when it gets uncomfortable um and they leave so many games on the table um like the fact is to maximize your physique um you're going to have to hurt at some points yep
0: yep so then would you say that that is your favorite character that you would like to train with because that's also a question
1: oh fuck yeah yeah I'd 100% lo- i'd love to train
0: I- i'd love to train with rock lee
1: too Oh, like, big time uh, that yeah. would be a wild workout <laughs> yeah yeah, or right. we're gonna walk on our hands yeah. upwards hills yeah. in the snow with ankle weights yeah. on.
0: Coming down, we're wearing them on our hands, and we're rolling. I don't know, it's just something yeah. crazy. You know what I mean? It's
1: so true, but for sure, yeah. for sure, I can um, imagine that.
0: And that's and that's it, man. That's it. I have there. There is a question here that I'm gonna do for you off of off of recording. Okay. um there's there was like six or seven people that asked this question and i was just like i'm not oh, putting yeah. the man on the spot so i'm just gonna like <laughs> you know but jackson yeah. man appreciate you so much for joining us no, thank so you fun, for giving us your time 100 so percent. yeah hopefully we can get you back on we do this thing called uh rom anime reviews it's been kind of slow we only have one out right now i'm editing the next one um and hopefully we can do something like that with you we'll do like a We'll get in, we'll epic. like, maybe we'll even do a, we'll get like some of the training arcs and we'll watch some training stuff and talk about like the, yeah, like the logistics, yeah. like the logistics of it into it. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, all right. That'd be wicked. So be for plug for the people, man, where they can, where can they find you? What do you have out? I know you have the new book out, all that other stuff. This is your time right here. Let everyone know.
1: So be- best place to get me um, where just everything's happening is on Instagram, just at Jackson Pios. Um, if you are more interested in sort of what I get up to in my day-to-day life, I do have a YouTube channel as well. If you just search Jackson PLS, you'll find that um, sort of like a blend of nutrition, training, anime, eating, stuff like that. Just basically what I do in my day. Um, but yeah, if you got anything like all, all, my work, all my training, all my diet stuff, um, is always, all my research is always put through Instagram. So, um, anything important, um, going on in my life will we'll at least go through there.
0: All right. Awesome. And you'll find a link of that below. If you're on the YouTube watching this, make sure you go and follow him Hit the follow button. If you haven't already. All right. And we will get him back on at some point. Cause we have lots more anime to talk about, and we could have gone for hours. So, but I'll
1: make sure I have AOT finished as well. 100%. 100%.
0: And I'm going to get Promise, Promise Neverland going. And then that way yes, we can delve yes. into that for sure. But again, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much.